podcast this is district divided a dc sports podcast i am amit that is k dot and k dot on this victory monday sir a 23 21 win over the green bay packers how are you doing i'm feeling good i like the rick flair woo i'm, I'm feeling that rick flair energy but i think me and you are also channeling that uh brendan elitist sunglasses hat nobody could fuck with us but, you know, it's grounded in reality after a win, not a make-believe piece of paper and a safety deposit box. Yeah. I mean, listen, we are a toxic podcast, as Blood Clot had mentioned in his comment last week. We appreciate that. And we're going to get to the comment mail back at the end of it. But right now, right now, we're taking the opportunity to hype up our squad. That's back-to-back wins for us over NFC North opponents and the Chicago Bears and now the Green Bay Packers. Damn. We could shit on Green Bay if we want to. We can talk about the Colts a little bit. Matt Ryan, no longer the starter. Sam Ellinger, Ellinger, you name it. I don't know how to say it yet. It's going to be his first career NFL pass happening on Sunday against us. So all of a sudden, it's looking a lot nicer out there, isn't it, KDOT? A whole new world. (laughs) We have fun here. We have fun here. Um, I don't know the rest of that song. Talking about an (laughs) Arab on a carpet. (laughs) You know, oh man, I, I've actually, I've got a story for after the pod regarding Aladdin. Um, <laughs> I it, can't it, wait to hear. Maybe what you think, it may not be what you think. But anyway, we'll <laughs> we'll get to that. We got football to talk about. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so the right. Washington Commanders hosted the Green Bay Packers, won twenty three to twenty one. Taylor Heineke in relief for Carson Wentz. The team initially, well, Heineke in particular started slow. I mean, it looked like this was going to be a train wreck all the Heineke juice and energy. And some people are like, he's not the long-term guy. I think we all know he's not the long-term guy, but we knew he could bring some juice to the squad. Pick six. We're down 14, three looks like everything's gone to shit. Wouldn't you know it? That dude has the memory of a goldfish turns right back around and has a sensational rest of his game. And the commanders do a sensational job. On defense, we did not allow a single third down conversion. It was the first time that happened for the Green Bay Packers since like 1999. I mean, everyone was dialed in. It was just a two-point victory, yes, but it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. K-Dot, just please hit me with your thoughts here. Where to begin, where to begin. Uh, it was, I mean, that was the thing that we knew, right? That Taylor Heineke energy. You see, the, with Terry McLaurin's reaction to everything in that game is basically how we're all feeling at home, right? Um, and that's the thing is that like, see, he gives you that mojo, or you say that Taylor Heineke juice, right? Um, sounds disturbing, but the but, but it works, works. Yes, it does. I was going to say something that just caught I was going to double down on it, but go ahead. <laughs> like, cover me in Taylor juice. Put <laughs> the... <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're right. Start off mad slow, but I think the thing was is that starting out the game when you see a Taylor, it was like Taylor is who we thought he is, right? So you saw the lack of velocity on some of those footballs, those 
when you're, you're holding your breath every time he throws that quick out route because it feels as though it takes a day and a half. Like it, the ball is taking a horse and carriage out to the fucking receiver to get the ball there. And it's just like, all right, you know, but he's got to find the rhythm, right? Because what he hasn't played it down. I mean, outside of preseason, who gives a fuck about that, right? right. He hasn't played it down in how long? And he's got to get job with these guys again, right? Because, I mean, you look at the weapons, Curtis Samuel, he's had how many throws to him over, or how many times has he got the opportunity to really throw to Curtis? Um, he just had to get in that mode. And you could see at no part in that game, I can't speak for you, but I knew the, the, uh, I was watching with my buddy. We never felt at risk. We felt more confident. It just felt as though, hey, we're still in this. We're still in this. I ain't worried about it. We're still in it. Yeah. And that's that That's that energy that Taylor gives, and that's that energy that these guys feed off of, where anything is possible. And you, we're, the, we know the formula. It's the formula that we had to win these games every time we go on the run. It's not going to always be pretty, but you know what you're going to see? You're going to see high energy, high effort football in a close game. And here's the thing. When push comes to shove and a play needs to get made, we usually make them, and that's the difference, and that's what it is that we're feeling, and this is the high that we're feeling. So come on, Colts. Come on, fucking anybody. You feel like you can take on the world. So I, I got to ask, and it's the question everyone's asking right now, or at least most people, are we the best team in the NFL? No, but um, <laughs> but a lot of people are asking. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. But um, look, no, here's the thing. You know, I'd, be, I'd digress if I didn't say one thing more than any other thing during this I'm feeling for Carson Wentz. I don't know if you are. I don't know who everybody else is. I know everybody's got the a jokes little. and the memes and everything. I'm feeling for Carson because uh, shit that happened to you twice after Big Dick Nick and now uh, Taylor <laughs> like. And I, we already know we've, as we've discussed on the pod at length, is that we think a lot of Carson's problems is mind, right? It's yeah. like if you could take Taylor Heineke's brain, throw it into Carson Wentz, and have his tools, look at a Hall of Fame, right? So. That, that's the thing is that, like, I, I don't blame Carson Wentz for the state and necessarily the team. He's just not built to be the leader the way that Taylor is. He just isn't that guy. And sometimes you need that from the quarterback position. But it's not that I think Carson's a bad guy or a terrible quarterback. I still think he's the most talented quarterback on the roster. But the thing of it is, because the way he carries himself, the guys just don't buy in. And it's unfortunate. I wish that he could figure that out, but sometimes personalities are just personalities. You're a likable enough guy. You didn't do anything necessarily too wrong, but it's just we're, we're feeding off this energy. And with a team like this that needs these wins, that need to see the culture kind of shift and change, you need somebody to believe in, somebody to follow. And it just happens to be Taylor's that guy. And Kato, what did we talk about on previous episodes? It's the charisma. Right. That's the thing that you do need. And it's hard to quantify. That's yep. the thing. Whenever I try and talk to people about Heineke that aren't fans of this team, they're like, what do you see? They see the stat line and they, they're like, what? What is it? It, it? There is just something about the guy that yep. everyone gravitates towards. Right. Like you see, Terry. I haven't seen Terry that fired up in a I've long time. And I mean, it must have been the Bucks game last season where you took that hit across the middle for that first down. I mean, where he gets up and he's pounding his chest and he's going, that Terry is the leader of this team. And Taylor enables him to be that. I mean, the number of times he sunned, absolutely sunned Jair Alexander and then stared him down after, right? Touchdown. He does it. That clutch third and nine where Taylor just throws up a prayer. 
let the playmakers make plays. That's what we did. I mean, there was a quote after the game where they asked Heineke about throwing to McLaurin. He said, we paid him a lot of money. Let's give him a chance. And it makes all the sense in the world, right? It's like he is showing all the faith in the exact playmakers that we have been asking for this whole time. I don't know if that's offensive scheme. I don't know if that's just quarterback decision-making, but the point is, and we had this in a group chat, Taylor Heineke, people love him here. And I can't think of another backup quarterback that has the level of fanfare that Taylor has with this fan base. And I'm talking, you name it, any era, honestly, like it's crazy how much energy this guy has. The only other one that came to mind was obviously Foles because he had the run for the Super Bowl. Right. But right. even even then, I mean, you take that one out. It seems like it's Taylor, man. Like there, he's Taylor made, if you will, for mm. this fan base. People love him. Absolutely love him. And I just want to echo your point. He is not the most talented quarterback on this roster. That is Carson Wentz. But because of the charisma, because of the way the players respond to him, he makes everyone around him better for whatever reason. He just does. Simple as that. Yeah, man. And given the opportunities of playmakers, which is something we've talked about, right? And making the... That's the thing with Carson is that it's always been, and it's the mark of a lot of times the good quarterbacks and the bad quarterbacks is how much you're really thinking, right? Or the overthinking is what gets you in the trouble. It's okay to think, you gotta think, but the overthinking. How many times have we seen in that game, Taylor drop back and then do what he needs to do to get the ball just out to whoever's open instead of the holding on the football too long and taking that sack? How many, how many sacks would Carson have had in that game? Right. Do you see Taylor just dump the ball out or at least move around the pocket enough to, to, to still looking downfield to just make a play happen? Taylor only got not, sacked once just to, which was amazing. To your point. Like, you, you can see there's just, there's these intangible aspects, this, this instinctual playing of football. It's almost the gunslinger sort of mentality and nobody would ever call him a gunslinger because he got a war pistol for an arm, but except for that deep ball to Terry. So maybe he's been working on something. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous ball. But uh, th- he has the mentality of some of those guys you consider like the gunslingers. I know everybody, uh, I know I'm not the biggest fan of this motherfucker, but Brett Favre, right? He'd make a lot of mistakes, but you can never say that he wasn't trying his damnedest to put the team in position. And how many times did he pull a play out of his ass and right. just will his team or something? Taylor got a little bit of that moxie, right? Like that that's what it is. He wears the number four, I think, for a reason. Um, there, there is that. Like, you just believe there's something that go. It's it's outside of logic. Completely. It's outside of logic, right? Like it's not, you look at the numbers and you like, yeah, you, any fan base that looks at us like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all on this Taylor Heineke thing? It's like, you can't explain it. You just got to watch the games. Yeah. You just got to watch the games. You got to feel it. You got to feel it. You got to feel how it looks like he's given his everything. I think it was either Ron or Terry kept talking about he plays every down like it's his last. Every single one of them. Yeah. No, I and mean, the, the man's electric. He's absolutely electric. It's just, it's an amazing feeling to have somebody that you can outright believe in. And that's yeah. the thing that I think that he just, he he breeds that belief. And it's infectious to the rest of the team. As you said, Terry, number one, he is the leader of the team. And if he goes, everybody else is going to go. And he loves Taylor. Simple enough. And so now I got to ask, right? Because this is, I know I asked Commander's best team in the NFL. We got a ways to go. But 
um, the question I do want to ask, and I believe we both know the answer to this question still. Um, he has now beaten the likes of Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson at Seattle, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, who's on fire right now. I mean, he's beaten some teams with legit QBs, you know, facing our team. So now the question is, Taylor, with that sort of resume of beating these guys, is he the long-term solution here, yes or no? No. And I completely agree with that. So I just want to put that in context as well as, hey, we are we are loving Victory Monday right now. We're having a great time. We're feeling ourselves. Absolutely. But we are still looking for that long-term solution. But for Absolutely. right now, this is great, right? Just yeah. enjoy the moment. That's what we're trying to say. Just want to make like, that clear. I, I'd say this. I say no now. Mm-hmm. But as in anything, it can change, right? Like if he... The first half of that game spoke volumes as to why he's not the guy. Because yes. I don't care how rusty you are, you can't do the shit that he was doing in the beginning of the game. And the two Dallas games. Just and the two and think horrible that he's last season. The, right. Yeah. It's and think that he's the guy. Like you, you can't do that. That being said, he should be the highest paid backup in the league. <laughs> it should be somebody that we want to make sure is here because in the moment that you you we don't. I don't think anybody here believes that you could completely put the ball in Taylor Heineke's hand and he's going to bring you to the Super Bowl. Number one, that game that we just played against Green Bay, the MVP of that game is the one I called and the one you wanted to call was Antonio Gibson, that fucking run, run game, right? Yes. That is the MVP of that game is what it is we did with sticking with the run. Um, and that is the recipe that we've always had as far as success with Taylor Heineke and getting any of the wins is stout, fairly stout defense, Hopefully you get some turnovers, keep the penalties to a minimum and run the damn ball. And if you run the ball, Taylor will put you in more good spots than bad spots. And if you need to get that third down play and you need somebody with the mentality of, hey, this is the last down I ever play in football and it's going to look great. That recipe of all those things is amazing. But you need a guy when the running game isn't there one day, when the, when the defense isn't playing to the level that they need to play, when they're not playing a scrub ass team like the Green Bay Packers. You need a dude that's going to be able to get you the 300 or 400 yards passing yeah. and a few dimes. That's not him. But what he is, is, and this is valuable. Most of these quarterbacks coming out of college are dudes that usually dual threats. You got to be able to run. You got to be able to do this. You got to be able to do all these things. And the thing is, the more you got quarterbacks that are running around and moving, the more you got injuries, right? Like I look around the league as far as any of these new guys, or the elite guys, they've all pretty much missed time for something, right? Mm-hmm. So like, if that's the case, then you need to make sure that you have somebody that can hop in. And while there's always going to be a significant drop-off, if you're working another facets of the game, then you don't have to have, you don't, you're not look, you're not staring at losses until your starter gets back. And yeah. that's what Taylor does, and he does it amazingly. He is he is the backup quarterback of the commanders. If Carson Wentz has not hurt his hand, he did not, he was not going to start that game. Yep. Period. Period. And that would and that would have been the right call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now that he's in, we got a shot and we got a chance. And it's just you're hoping instead of getting down in his shell and being and being all internalized in his thought process and blaming himself or blaming other people, that Carson Wentz looks at what Taylor did in that game and says, "Oh shit, he checked down. Yeah, all right, maybe I should do that. Uh, he he got the he got out of the ball really fast there. Maybe I should do that." Oh, shit, he threw it away there. Maybe I should do that. Learn. 
Yeah. Learn certain aspects that this dude is doing to improve your game. It's what we've all been clamoring about is how you get these balls to these receivers, right? But you do that. But let me also ask you this, Kate. So, like, because we talk about the charisma as well, can that be made up for, right? So, in not this anymore. situation, not anymore. Okay, right. So, so, the, so what happens? So, the thing is that anything that Carson does to try to dramatic, dramatically change his persona or the way that he goes is not going to be looked He's at. He's going to turn to Russell false. Wilson, and it's going to be bingo. Weird. No right. one wants that, right? So, like, you right. you don't want the guy that you can't believe in because everything just feels false, and you know when somebody's forcing it. We've all yep. had the job where some asshole that's above you want to get the team all right together, and you're looking. Shut the fuck up! Would you just let me go home? Can right. we get to work? Why are we having this powwow right now? You, what the hell is this guy? Do? You don't want that dude, right? Correct. But, but here's the thing. Can it be manufactured? Maybe to a certain degree, if you get the ball in the hands of your fucking playmakers, right? Like if you can get Terry McLaurin the ball short and let him make something happen, then he mm-hmm. feels energized. And maybe you got the team that'll do it for you. You don't have to be the rah rah guy, but you can put dudes in certain positions to potentially get that. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So you're distributing the energy as well. And you know what? I want to talk about the rest of the team. Let's talk about that defense, KDOT. That defense had themselves a day. Once again, no third down conversions for the Green Bay Packers, one of the most storied franchises in the NFL with a back-to-back MVP at quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of the situation. You got to love that. So they played really well. Did they get to Rodgers? No, not nearly as much as we probably should have, right? For what Brendan was talking about with the O-line being weak, I thought we could have generated more pressure. I don't even think we sacked him once. But yeah, I don't think I props to the secondary, right? They're playing against some subpar talent. And guess what? They didn't succumb to it like they would have in weeks one, two, three, whatever, where it didn't matter who we were playing at wide receiver. We were talking about being terrified of Robert Woods when we played against the Tennessee Titans. Now we can confidently go, hey, we're pretty good on third down. Hey, if the other team doesn't have a bona fide superstar there, Maybe just maybe we can shut these guys down. I mean, shout out Rashad Wild Goose, shout out Camp Curl, shout out St. Juice. Kendall Fuller had a pretty bad penalty, but shout out Kendall Fuller. Like the secondary stepped up here, Kate. What do you think? Yeah, secondary stepped up, but it's like we were saying in the preview show that this feels more like a legacy win or a win against Aaron Rodgers. That team's not mm. good. It is it's not, not good. good. And that's the thing that I think we know we need to keep in check for ourselves right now that being said it's not good but you look at the schedule and there's some teams that are beatable right there, there are a lot of teams that aren't necessarily good or we should be better than if we're playing all fast of the game correctly which is what you need to do and we haven't necessarily proven over the course of the season so far that we were able capable of doing that so that is something you can actually ha- hang your hat on is okay the guys are getting better but you have to put everything in perspective and the perspective is you looked through how many how how long in that game where you didn't have a receiver catch the fucking ball, or the only dude that had a catch was Alan Lazard. He, he's forcing the ball to Robert Tunyon, and the best damn catch of the game was Aaron Jones, right? He's a beast so, out of the back. Absolute beast. And the thing is that you look at the rush stats and you see, all right, we held these guys a three point, like two yards a carry, mm-hmm. but they also only gave Aaron Jones the ball like eight times, right? So it's like I look at that and I'm saying, I got a lot of criticism for what Green Bay was doing in that game. Zoller knows what they were doing on the offensive side of the football, which sort of, but if you have a team that's keep giving you the opportunity to really excel and you take advantage of it, yes, you should be doing that. But you're not going to get a cookie from me for doing what you're supposed to fucking do. 
And, that, and that's the thing is that these guys are finally at the level where they're doing what they're supposed to do. But when you actually have weapons that you need to go, when Justin Jefferson's uh, coming up in a couple weeks, that's what I want to see. Mm. Yeah, that's totally fair. I, I think that's a reasonable um, stance to have right there. I think right now I'm more in the moment feeling it right now where we are now second in the NFL and third down conversion rate on defense, right? We are actually, when we couldn't do anything to get off the field, now we're getting off the field. And so it's a nice little shift, uh, you know, props to the defensive coaching staff, Del Rio and the boys, like there has been a shift and I do appreciate it. And Jamin Davis, how about him, man? He's starting to play better. He's starting to play. He's, he has finally elevated himself to being considered an NFL linebacker. And I, I think I saw I that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Ref <laughs> the District had that. I, but I think he's been getting there each and every week. He's like, been he's, getting. He's better. had plays each he's, and every week. Absolutely, and yeah. they've been doing a good job of putting him in the right spot here and there. Um, but there are certain things. It's like, all right, he's not there yet. He's not that guy yet, right? So like, we're watching the game. We're like, well, who who they got on Aaron Jones? And sometimes if it was uh, if it was uh, Davis, you're like. Eh? It's, it, that's what they're asking him to do. And it, look, and that's the thing. It, it, and I give him credit for sticking with it and having a damn good performance overall. He is trending upward, which is what you want to see. Now, is he micro? Is he Michael Parsons? Absolutely not. Is he Chase Young? No. But is he a dude that can contribute on a defense and make some plays and have some memorable moments over the course of the season? Absolutely. And that's more than you can ask for for a lot of dudes playing this league. Yeah, I just wanted to give Jamin Davis the credit he deserves because people have been shitting on him nonstop just for fun. Sometimes they're just mm-hmm. like, oh, Jamin, like, you know, even if he has a good game, easy just, like, it's easy. Exactly. He's an easy target and just wanted to take a moment to be like, hey, give that man his props, his dues, etc., because he's clearly been working his tail off and it's starting to show on the field. So and, and, and that's a, one more thing on the defense would be that they, they showed the stat during the game as far as us being like number one in quarterback pressure, number one in this, that and the other. And but they don't show how many yards we give up a game and they don't show this. And so <laughs> right. it's like. This was probably the most well put together. Overall game that the defense has had this season. That being said. You're talking about a team that doesn't have a lot of talent that we're playing up against. And they basically didn't utilize the best guy on the field, being Aaron Jones, properly. So you take it with a grain of salt. But there's absolutely some stuff you can look towards and say, okay, the fact that the pass rush, as much as Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers things in that game, as far as making sure he got the ball out quickly so the pass rush didn't get there. And you could see that all day. And it's the stuff that we hope Carson Wentz would do, right? Is the 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 holy shit? It's breaking down. Two seconds. Fuck this. Chuck it. And he yeah. and you saw Aaron was doing that all game. Just not. I'm not giving you guys an opportunity to touch me. Fuck you. <laughs> like you're not. You're not doing this. And that and that that speaks to how great a quarterback Aaron Rodgers is, right? Right. But but the thing is, like, if you if you keep up that script as far as what you're doing in the pass rush, if the if the secondary can play like they played against this team, then the pass rush will get there. Cause you're not playing Aaron Rodgers every week. Like we, you, you're, you're going to be able to play some less talented QBs in which you're going to be able to put your hands on. Them Cause they're not going to be able to get rid of the ball. Like most of these quarterbacks in the league look more like Carson Wentz than they do Aaron Rodgers as far as what they're doing in the fucking pocket. So yeah. once again, it's taking everything and kind of gauging exactly where it is you need to have to keep the even kill. So we don't do what we usually do, which is either get too high or get too low on everything that's happening with this organization. Totally fair. And just a quick sneak peek for next week. 
again, the Colts have switched quarterbacks. It's no longer Matt Ryan. It is Sam Ellinger. I believe it's Ellinger. Not I think Ellinger. you're. I think that's it. Ellinger. Okay. Well, uh, we'll we'll definitely know. Uh, once it's time to record the preview episode, of course. Like but for Colts right fans now, fans know how to say his name. Well, he's got three career rushes and zero career NFL passes for a quarterback. So that's that's who we're talking about right now. All right. Yeah, but um, and Matt Ryan had the injury, but he was going to be scratched anyway. He was going to be scratched <laughs> anyway, right? So like, see how that's gone for them. But um, all I wanted to say was, hey, this is actually a very dangerous move, and not because of Sam Ellinger. It's much more because now that they've made that change. Right. And the amount of money they were paying Matt Ryan, they were like, hey, we should be able to throw 50 times a game and just do that. I fully expect Jonathan Taylor to touch this ball about 30 times next week against Mm us. He only touched a 10, only 10 last week and they lost. So what do you think they're going to do? I mean, they were already introducing him last when doing the player introductions. You don't see that with a running back these days. It's always the QB. No, no, no. They got their running back introduced last. So just a heads up, expect to see a hell of a lot of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, But again, we'll talk much, much more about that in the preview episode. Kid, any final thoughts on the game? This could be the coaching staff, the player, whatever you want before we jump to the comment mailbag. One more thing on Taylor Heineke and the offense. Um, We say Taylor Heineke as far as being a backup and this is what he is, and he's slotting in, and Carson gets healthy. Unless we go on an absolute run where you start to actually look at the politics of it to a certain degree as far as how many snaps Carson played it, make sure that draft pick stays a third rounder, right, um, in the trade. Uh, what I did Here's the thing that I did not see, and here's the thing that I'm going to give Scott Turner a little bit of shit for. I appreciate the running attack, but that offense and the way that they were running was not, made, was not tailor-made for Taylor. Um, Mm -hmm. You could see there were certain aspects of him staying in the pocket and making the best of that situation, which is what you always want from your back and quarterback. But there are some things that the offense could do as far as moving the pocket or having him kind of slide outside and bootlegging that we weren't doing in that game that speaks to Taylor's his skill set. And the fact that Taylor had the game that he had staying in a box, the the box that we kind of created for Carson Wentz, I guess, speaks even higher volumes to what Taylor was able to do. But I think that what they need to do if we're going to have the right uh, passing attack going next week and for the next few weeks is they need to do more to get Taylor out and to have the offense kind of work around his strengths. And I don't think we were doing that. Well, actually, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say that, hey, we didn't make it for Carson. In fact, we didn't make it for anybody. And a lot of people have actually mentioned that about this offense, that it is very rigid. The system, it is what it is. And you just have to play within it. It doesn't tailor to other right. people's strengths at all. Right. Alex Smith has talked about it. Ryan Fitzpatrick talked Patrick. about it. And so that is, that's a bit of a red flag, right? You would think Huge. that if you're an offensive coordinator in the NFL, you would assess your personnel and go, okay, if he is a bit more mobile, maybe if I roll him out a little bit, he will also have the option to make a play with his feet if nothing's there. So that is something to look at moving forward. And I feel like there was some corner that also had mentioned that. Um, I don't remember who, but somebody else, even on the defensive side of the ball, was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that system. Yeah, it's just it's it's fairly easy. to know. Oh, you know what? It wasn't. It was Steve Smith, Steve Smith ah. Sr. Um, I remember him talking about it and he was like, yeah, I remember Scott. It was one system. It didn't like it. He didn't tailor it to anybody. So it's kind of frightening that we know that 
<laughs> that he got an extension. So look, man, I, I I like Scott Turner. I'm glad you listened to Dish Divide and you went back up in the booth. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Uh, that being said, you're not fucking Don Coriel. You're not Bill Walsh. You're not Al Saunders even. You're North Turner's son. And you need to check yourself <laughs> as far as what it is and what your system is. It hasn't proven shit. It's one thing if you have a system that's actually proved something. You right. haven't proved shit. You, most of these guys, like even you get guys like Mike March start talking shit. Mike March isn't even somebody that you should give the keys to and say everybody needs to fit within the context of my system. Fuck you. You haven't earned that yet. <laughs> okay, so what do you need to do? You need to work on what it is you need to do to get the best out of your talent. And that is something I, I think that you're, you're 100% right. All those guys have talked about it. I think it was easier to see because we are more familiar with Taylor Heineken than we are Carson Wentz. So yeah. there were certain things that you're just like, oh, man, like they're not really helping him at all. Um, but, yeah, you're probably right. And it's one of those reasons Carson probably set up to fail to a certain degree is it not really tailoring anything to his strength, which Carson's also a dude that can move out of the pocket. Philly special design for him. So what is that? I, I, right. Uh, and I'll be brutally honest. I have zero faith that Scott Turner is suddenly going to change that. Uh, That's because it's midseason. I think it's just going to continue. And we're just going to have to hope and pray that uh, Taylor continues to make plays. Well, that's the thing. We at least got a quarterback to deal with adversity a lot better than the other guy. That is true. That is true. And you got players that are willing to make plays for him, and you can absolutely tell. So there we are. That's how it stands. Um, Now on to the comment mailbag. We had three comments. Um, I will go from most recent to uh, oldest amongst just three comments. We appreciate (laughs) them. Uh, The first one's VA Money Group, which is literally just three emojis. Um, it is just laughing, laughing, and laughing. We got the roll into the side. We got the regular crying, laughing one, and just the regular laughing one. We appreciate the comment. Glad you enjoyed the show. Um, the Green Bay Packers, clowns? Washington. Do we Commanders. amuse you? I believe we did. I believe we did. And shout out Brendan as well for being a part of that. Um, so we appreciate that VA Money Group. And then we got Pally for Life chiming in once more. Thank you again for the comment. Ultimate villain, Brendan or JD? Monsieur X. Oh, it's got to be Brendan. JD's uh, the Jacksonville fan. Oh, where oh, oh I didn't were... meet JD. Yeah, you did not meet JD. And so therefore, I think we have to go with Brendan, though, right? I mean, he was trying to take a huge shit on our team. And we were like, yeah, no, 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 <laughs> not doing that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I so... hope his I hope his piece of paper in that safety deposit box was able to suck up all them tears. <laughs> <laughs> well, we I, were... lie. I watched this. I did watch the second half with him. Did so we, we 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 had to we had to we had to coordinate it. You know, we had to make sure we didn't invite him for the first. We invited him too close to the beginning of the game for him to make it. So we knew, all right, second half, we could deal we could deal with half the football with him. I hope you gave him all the Jair Alexander shit because we called it out early. We were like, you haven't faced any wide receivers, and the moment you do, this is what happens. I didn't do it enough. So we were trying to keep things reined in as best as possible because we don't like to talk too much shit. We're watching Commanders games with the group that I watch it with, or the other people I watch it with, is our safe haven, our safe space. We watch the game. Okay. We, we, we commiserate with each other and we keep it moving. Anytime there's another person that they got to kind of understand this is what we do, not to get too stressed out. We ain't trying to have heart attacks. This team will absolutely lead you there. Yeah, no, that's 100% true. Um, and then last but certainly not least, Blood Clot. Really appreciate you, Blood Clot. He writes, you want to know what's hilarious about this guy? This guy being Brendan. He says he wants to tank this season for draft picks and Aaron will be retired next season. He's not going anywhere in 2023. He's guaranteed over $50 million on their cap. That's a quarter of their cap space. He'll hang around and they'll draft some QB to be backup and Rodgers will start another season. Just like this season, 
they won't have any cap space to sign any real talent to help the QB. Continues. And you guys take no shit from anyone. You're so toxic and I love it. This podcast is RFK Stadium. Remind me never to get in an argument with KDOT. It was like a roasting session, but I get it. He tried to come into this podcast and take a shit on our team. Only fans get to talk shit about our team. LOL. Love you. Blood clot. Love the comment. Really appreciate it. Um, any thoughts there, KDOT? He's 100% right uh, across all lines. Um, Brett, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre to point out, Aaron Rodgers isn't going anywhere. Okay. You can see right now the amount of the, the amount of times he just looked over the south. What the fuck are we doing? Oh, the, what, what are, are we, we doing? doing? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, it boils to the surface every once in a while. But you can also tell with that haircut and everything, he don't give a fuck. The ayahuasca is flowing through him. So he's here to collect his payday. He knows, goddamn well, they ain't winning a lot of games. Even the press conference he had afterwards, they're like, uh, maybe we got Buffalo around the corner. Maybe we need this. Y'all gonna get your fucking asses whooped. <laughs> I will say, I fucking love the confidence, though, because he was asked, is it plausible to even fake. make the playoff? He's channeling Nick Cage and Con Air throughout the entire the, season. The, okay. You're goddamn right it is. He, I love that. <laughs> I love it's it. just I Aaron Van Aaron, but I he's like $50 million next year and then get all the ayahuasca you want two years from now. Feel free, Aaron. That's what he's going to fucking do. And also, one last one thing. Is this the last comment? That was the last comment. One thing that I do want to I, I want to address just a Are little bit. Are you adding a comment now. to the comment? No, no I'm not adding a comment. It's, it's about blood clot. It's about blood clot size. Not about blood clot, but about what blood clot said. Okay. As far as us being toxic. You're goddamn right. Now, <laughs> <laughs> what I'll also say is this fan base is toxic. Now, hear me out. There's been a lot of debate over the last like week or so about the divide that's happening within the fans as far as some of the fans that are giving shit to other fans for attending the games, or they gave shit to, I forget who it was, was it Tailgate Ted that went up to Chicago to, yeah. uh, to, to go see, and they're, they're giving him shit. Look here. We all understand and we know that Dan Snyder owns this team, and we don't want him to be. The, 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 the fans that are so far gone, here's, here's the only fan that we can all get behind the shit on. The Dan, the Dan Snyder apologists. Fuck those people. Correct. Those are the only ones within the fan base that we need to root the fuck out. All right? Is the Dan Snyder apologists. Outside of that, look, we all know we love this team. We bleed burgundy and gold. Okay? We have since we were little kids. We understand. We know. We root for these players. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Terry McLaurin, Taylor Heineke. And it's okay to do so. It is okay. I understand the way the dance Snyder makes money is able to continue is if the money keeps rolling in, right? But the thing is, at the end of the day, there is a balance between what it is we need to do to support the guys on the field compared to what it is that we can also do, which is make sure the dance Snyder knows that we do not support him. So the issues that happen is that when if you're going to go to the game and you have your sell the team sign, that's awesome. And you shouldn't be criticizing those people for going. You're making yourselves known. The chance for the sell the team, the everything else. Right now, it's an optics game. Dan Snyder is as low as he possibly can be when it comes to the league and everybody else. That's what we can do. I'm not going to chastise anybody for spending money to go to the fucking game. As long as you go in the game and make it known, you're not a Dan Snyder apologist. You're here to support the guys on the field and fuck the dude up in the booth. As long as we keep that energy together, there's no reason. There's no reason we can't all be united behind that. And that's what it, that's what it comes down to. But that's being said, because of all the trauma we've been through as a fan base, we are toxic as shit. We all need therapy. And I get it. And that's what this is for. This is District Divided, a DC sports podcast coming to you from 
DC from Baltimore. I'm Ahmed. I'm in DC. That is KDOT. Oh, he's in DC right now. I'm Ahmed. That is KDOT. Thank you guys so much for listening. As you always do, if you enjoyed today's episode, please like it, please share it, please subscribe. And as always, please comment because we love going through the comments, reading it, interacting with you guys. We love the community that has been built through this podcast. So until this coming Friday, we'll see you later. Enjoy your victory Monday. Okay. First and foremost, I'm taking these goddamn sunglasses off. I can't see for shit. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm rocking them all the way. I'm rocking them all the way. How are you doing? Girlfriend, I'm in the corner. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> all right, oh, yeah take this off. Do a little man. Yeah, do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. We're good. Feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling good. All right. So we were talking about. Um, what were we talking? Oh, we were talking about Aladdin. Yes, Aladdin. You had an right, Aladdin. You said story. a whole new world. Right. So I was, this would have been four years ago, I think, maybe five years ago. Mm-hmm. I was at a company like anniversary party, basically, the company I was working at at the time. And um, it was really nice. It was at the, it was at the Gaylord at National Harbor. Oh, and like, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, really well done up. The company had done well that hotel. year. Got it. Oh, yeah. No, it, it was really, really nice and like got a few floors and stuff like that. It was cool. Um, and you know, people are bringing their significant others and, you know, people are interacting, stuff like that. And there's this, uh, one woman who significant other of a friend of mine, and I was talking to him uh, and he said, have you met my wife? And I said, I have not. Um, and he said, okay, well, she's over at the bar. Um, let's go. And I was like, okay, sounds good. So as we were approaching, he said, um, she's actually, you know, works in like media and film and stuff like that and has worked in Hollywood before. And so I said, oh, hold on. Can I do a bit real quick? Uh, like, don't introduce me. I'll just go as a stranger. Um, and he was like, sure. So I walk over to the bar, you know, try and get a drink for the bartender. I'd be remiss. Hold on. If this doesn't sound like a coupling story, continue. This is. <laughs> yeah, that, that. Yeah. Oh, and the bit was. No, <laughs> no, no. Oh, my God. He stood anyway. in the corner and watched. No, listen. <laughs> So what I did was I said, um, oh, gosh, no, but I need to remember what I I remember what I said. I need to remember why I said it because it became appropriate. But initially it sounded wildly inappropriate. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, this is what it was. Um, I said, hey, she said, hey, back. And I said, do you like what you see? And she said, excuse me. And then I said, well, I heard you work in Hollywood. I was wondering if you thought I could make it in Hollywood. And then she was like, oh, okay. Okay, got it, got it. So you know Gary. I was like, yes, I know Gary and stuff like that. So then, you know, we were chatting a little bit. We get in a larger group, having a good time. And I'm all the while having some drinks. Um, and so uh, probably an hour passes. And then I see her again. And I'm like, hey, um, what if I deliver a monologue? And if you like it, you tell me. And if you hate it, you also tell me. Um, and she was like, sure, fire away. And so I like, you know, put the drink down, like did some like fake breathing exercise. I don't know. I was just, just sort of playing the bit again. Um, and I delivered a monologue and I don't even remember what it was, but it was very loud. It was very impassioned, stuff like that. And then I just walked away. 15 minutes later, Gary goes, Hey, uh, my wife actually thought it was very good. She wants to talk to you. So then I talked to her and she said, Hey, so like, you know, I thought that was really good. Um, and 
there are actually um, auditions for Aladdin coming up, like, you know, in a few months in Hollywood. And if you want to go, you absolutely can. And I was like, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely reach out and definitely do that. That sounds great. I thought in my hammered state that that was a bit. And that was just a very funny bit. Fast forward about a year, maybe a year and a half even. And it's, I think it's Thursday night football. And all of a sudden they were like, and we have a sneak peek for this movie. Um, And I was like, what movie? They didn't even say. So all of a sudden you see, you know, they're like, all right, here it is. Here comes the trailer. And you see just the live action. Like it's Will Smith is the genie. I'm like, whoa. And then all of a sudden you see, you know, Jafar and you're like, oh my God, they did Aladdin. And then all of a sudden my mind's racing and I'm like, wait, that was real. And then it just keeps going and it goes Aladdin releasing May 24th, which was a big fuck you to me because that's my birthday. So all of a sudden I'm like, Jesus, that was real. Yep. I didn't think it was real for some reason. So I obviously didn't follow up because I was just like, oh, that's funny because I was like, you know, trying to do a bit. You were trying to do a bit like and, th- and that was it. So I blew it. Uh... I could I could have been a superstar, although the guy that played Aladdin didn't get any uh, any other auditions or something like that, or any other roles. But listen, I would have. I know I would have. Yeah, Guy Ritchie Aladdin passed, but you fucked up. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Yeah, you fucked it up. You fucked up the bag. Not only did you not go up to the hotel room to have Gary watch in the corner, you didn't go to L.A. <laughs> you could have been a star. Now, Jesus, man, we could imagine how big this podcast could be if it, there would have been a podcast. No, we, we, we still that. might. We still might have got there. You know, we still might have gotten there somehow. What does that timeline this, look like? All right, you should divide it. Brought to you by Aladdin. Aladdin. <laughs> but then, how do we get in touch? When do I yeah, get probably, inspired to do the podcast? We probably don't. What ends up happening is that I'm over at Lexi's place and Chris says, hey, you remember that Amit dude that you did a couple episodes with? I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know he was the lead in Aladdin, which I wouldn't know because I ain't watching that fucking movie. Um, so <laughs> I would have been obnoxious. I would have told you the moment we met. Like, I I that would have been the thing. Oh, no, here's the thing. I, I probably would have reached out. I probably would have reached out on Instagram. So, Amit, man. Hey, remember? What's up, dude? Yeah, we did like this podcast like a couple years back or a few years ago. Or, or no, you did before the podcast. It. That's this what I'm saying. Before the, yeah, this we would have never talked. You would have been a dude. We would have never you, met. And if the movie had done better, it might have been like, if, yeah. I'm so like at that time. Tomatoes and I'll tell you what it would have been. 57%. Oh, you so, just looked it up? I looked up. <laughs> it's probably getting a 75 if I'm in there. 75%. Now, see, here's the thing. All right, shit. Now I want you to read a part. I don't even want you to read some lines from Latin. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know anything. Like, I watched a lot, the Robin Williams Aladdin, the animated one. I think the last time I oh, saw that amazing. movie, I had to have been four years old. Like, I, I, it's not one I go back to. It's just as a writer for me. Same with, like, The Little Mermaid. And all that. It, it, 90s Disney movies just don't do anything with me. Until Lion King. The Lion King, like, oh, I'm back. But then it just when I was a little kid, I didn't really give a shit. And like uh, Little Mermaid is the one that stuck with me because that crab being half Jamaican felt racist. I don't know who voiced him, but it still felt racist. Uh, I just <laughs> it did it did didn't it? I just want to be hundred percent clear because I'm, I'm now replaying the way I delivered it. It was like yeah, of course it was real. Like the offer to like go to Hollywood and actually audition for it. I have to remind you guys, I was drunk and screaming 
Okay, so I thought it was terrible. And that's why I thought it was a bit. Because I was legitimately hammered and just screaming. That was it. There's nah, no my love you an opportunity like that. Yeah, yeah. But you I also that, that, that speaks to alcohol is a devil. It really is. But also no. without it, I'm not sure I'm doing that monologue, which apparently I just nailed. See, that's the thing is that I always tell people if you get to a point at which you realize there's stuff that you can only do when you're intoxicated, it means you need to work on your self-confidence. Like that, mm. that's the thing. That's that's okay, the whole bit. Like, like the whole like like it, look, I've been guilty of it also, like karaoke. I'm a huge karaoke guy. Yeah. But like I used to be, oh, I'm not gonna do karaoke unless I got a few drinks in me. And it's like, no, motherfucker, you can sing. Go ahead, knock it out. Like that's can you the, sing? The, I mean, it depends. Girlfriend oh, says I could sing pretty well in certain things. I think I could sing pretty well in certain aspects, but it's you got, got, I got like the power right now. No, fuck no. And the thing is, what I end up doing, you know, yeah, it's not there, and I'm not drinking, so like, <laughs> so yeah, you gotta get it. A, yeah. <laughs> right. I was, I'm working on it, but um, no, nah, what ends up being, you know, what I sing probably better than anything else. I can do, I could do like, um, and this is gonna sound crazy because he's my, he's my second favorite male vocalist of all time. But I can do a Frank Sinatra. I can do Frank Sinatra songs. But the thing that ends up happening is I end up doing like a Jamie Foxx sort of bit, which is you're just imitating the guy. And it makes it so much easier to sing if you could just imitate the dude. So that ends so up being funny. what it ends up being. He is phenomenal at, imper- at impersonating what I was saying, doing impressions of people. Jamie Foxx. That's what makes him such a great oh, singer. He's so good. Yeah. But that's what makes him such a good. But the thing is that you don't even know Jamie Foxx's own singing voice as much as it sounds like he's always doing a bit of somebody else. So, like, all right, he, his biggest hits are him just pretending to be Ray Charles. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it's, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, well, but that's impersonation. Yeah, that's what you do. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll do a hidden talents after the pod sometime. Maybe that's what we'll do. You'll sing. I'll um No, my hidden talents more on the cuckolding. <laughs> you caught me so off guard with that too. When you said that. We love Gary, to be clear. <laughs> Gary's awesome. Yeah, I love Gary. Gary's great. <laughs> you would like him. Gary's I would probably would. Oh, I trust me, I know I'd like Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know what? That's it. That's it. We're <laughs> cutting it off right there. We will see you guys Friday. Unbelievable, k Unbelievable. Gary's party favors are amazing. Christmas gifts? Holy shit. I'm cutting this <laughs> off right now.